and also the difference between the countries, because maybe 30, 40 years ago, the people who was negotiating was some kind of the same structure in the industry or the same interests in the in, in, in negotiations. Now with 164 members with different um, different economies, different interests, it will be most difficult to negotiate. The, the, the point is that there's a big difference between to be ready to negotiate and to doesn't want to negotiate. And and some countries are in the second in the second the second in the second side. That was Ismael Ortiz, Minister Deputy Permanent Representative at the Mission of Mexico to the World Trade Organization in Geneva, Switzerland. I am Rodolfo Rivas and this is my podcast. Ismael is a good friend and a colleague that has been working in international trade and with the WTO practically since its inception. He has been stationed in Geneva for a decade when I first met him. In our conversation, he talks about studying economics and his journey into the public sector, which was initially meant to be for a few years, but has continued throughout his professional career, primarily because of his public service vocation. We then move on to a nitty-gritty discussion on the evolution of the WTO balancing diplomacy and innovation, the constant negotiation with capital-based colleagues, and offers some potential avenues to progress in the ongoing WTO negotiations. Overall, we had a brisk and insightful conversation on what it means to work as a trade diplomat. I hope you enjoy it. Please listen in. Ismael, how are you? Fine, Rodolfo. Thank you very much for this invitation. Now, actually, I've been I've been wanting to have you as a guest for some time, and I'm happy it finally happened. No, no, no. It's my pleasure. So I actually, when I, I actually started working in trade um, some time ago, and you were one of the first persons I met, along with Jorge Huerta. That's right. You you made your your internship here in the mission, right? Yes. As a lawyer. Yes, uh, as a lawyer. That I remember like you over 12 years ago. I think. No, less. Okay, 11, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. 11? No, 11. 11, okay. Yes. And, you've been here, and you've been here since then? Since then, I have been here for 11 years. 11 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I started here 2010, I think. Yeah, that's right. So you are one of the persons that I've like, known in trade like for the longest. And you're still here as well as I am. That's right. <laughs> we are survivors. Yeah, survivors. <laughs> so let's go a bit back to to the beginning. So where are you from originally? Mexico City. Mexico City. I'm born in Mexico City and uh, I am economist. Economist. From the uh, Universidad Iberoamericana. It's one of the top universities in Mexico City. It is, it is. Well, in fact, I, 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 I must to say that. <laughs> and uh, I am economist from the University, uh, American University, and they have a master in economics in the Tec de Monterrey, Campus Ciudad de Mexico. And then, that's all. And uh, when you were growing up, was that like you wanted to be an economist? 
or how did that happen? Not really, you know. I, I'm not sure it was the same case for you, but when in my case, my case, <clears throat> for my mind, crossed many, many professions since uh, bi biology. Biology. Yes, right. Biology, architecture. What I was sure is not to be a lawyer. Why? I, <laughs> I didn't know what to study, what will be my future, but I was very certain that lawyer will not. Uh, I don't know. And frankly speaking, I love the lawyer. I love the law. Well, I, I think that of all the professions, economists, it's close to law than many others. It's quite close. It's very pragmatic, I mean. It's very straightforward. And uh, I, I, I love to, to, to consult the rules. I, like, I, I, want, I, I love to, to argue with, with, with the rules, with the rule book, you know. You know? But, but by, when I was uh, younger, I, I, I didn't, look at, didn't like the, the law. No. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I like it, and I've been working in the law for <laughs> over 20 years. Finally, you discover. <laughs> no, I, I always knew it. But actually, I was trying to to fall in love with the law, and I try every year. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly there. Yeah, well, it was more or less my case in economics. In economics, I started uh, studying economics like for luck, for the destiny. Where I, I write to the Iberoamerican University. And I say, well, I want to study uh, architecture, economy, administration, business administration, and I decided economy. It was luck because many, 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 many colleagues uh, in, in back in the university they realized that economy was not the the right profession, and uh, for me it was an amazing. Uh, Discovering on 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 the, on the economics was really really a good experience to study economy. And was that like because was anyone at home an economist or? No, I am the first economist in, uh, in my family, both sides, my mother and father. And uh, by then it was like a, a boom of the economist. I mean, I start study the, the, at, the, at the at the end of the eighties when the Mexico was through the crisis and you read the newspaper and all the world was related to the crisis. Mexico was negotiating the GATT yeah, by then. And I remember that the, you know, the cartoons, the political cartoons in the newspaper, and they, they draw a GATT, a, a cat, because in Spanish, GATT, GATO means, yeah. means cat. And I, that is why I remember that. So I know with that, that situation, uh, make some uh, um, something on, on my mind, but finally I decided to study economy was very very uh, a very good surprise for me. But were you paying attention to like international trade at that point? At that point, no. At that point, was economy as, as general terms. When when I was in the university, you know, always I say that there are some some kind of. Uh, of a person that can guide you in, 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 in your professional life yeah. and also when you are studying a student and for, my, for me it was a, a professor that he, 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 he was the, the responsible for international trade and uh, he was very passionate for the, for the issue 
and that was my, my first contact with international trade. Afterwards, it was another teacher that he also worked in the in the in the in the Secretary of Commerce and Fomento Industrial Secofi by then, now Minister of Economy. And uh, in one of these uh, uh, homeworks and tests, we, we need to to go to 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 the to, to her office, and it was amazing for me to to visit the place where the negotiation of the NAFTA uh, occurred. So it was the second contact for me. And then the third was uh, when I applied for a job in the Ministry of Economy. Ah, directly from, from after, the, uh, when, after when, your degree? Exactly. And uh, I applied for a, for a, for a job then. <clears throat> and I started working in the area of indexation of Mexico to the OECD ah, okay. in 1983. <clears throat> In fact, my, my thesis was about Mexico's benefit from, from the accession to the OECD. And then, uh, when Mexico finally joined the OECD, um, I moved to the, to the area of the WTO, when WTO born. So, I, I have been working in the WTO issues since the beginning. Not the GATT, of course, but the WTO, <laughs> yes. Since, since the, the WTO, since it's the WTO. That's right. 1995. Well, that's uh, so. It seemed to work out like for you, straight uh, a straight path to trade. Yeah, and it was very circumstantial, you know, because before I applied to, to for a job in the Ministry of Economy, I applied for a job in the Ministry of Finance, and one week, and and by the the same time, I applied for a job in the private sector, in the in the Chamber of of of, of building. <clears throat> And then in the three bo in the three jobs, they, they told me yes, you're very welcome. And then I have to decide which of the three jobs. So that, that's like <clears> something <throat> that doesn't happen anymore. No, <laughs> no more. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, in the in the chamber, so in this chamber and the private sector, they told me, are you sure? Are you very sure that you want to go to the to the to the government side? Well, that, that's actually I'm interested in in hearing like your views on that, like. Yes, like what, what were your thoughts and what are your thoughts now? Well, when I started, I said, well, I, w I want to try in the government. Yeah. Because, you know, when, you're, when you go to the, the university, you want to eat the, the world. Yes. No? <laughs> and you want to make the difference. No? And I, I wanted to try in the government. And uh, I said to myself, I want to work in the government only three years. That's all. And uh, now I have almost 23 years in the government. So, 23? No, 26 years. So it's, it's a long run. But you need to have like a, a vocation of public service, no? That's right. Otherwise it will be difficult for you. And uh, it's at the beginning, the Mexico's government is, is, is quite difficult because the salary by then now it's more difficult, <laughs> but then the salary was uh, uh, it was a, a, a big uh, difference, a big back, a big between uh, the public sector and the private. And the private, uh, not, not 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 only between the, the private and the public sector, but also in the in the government in the in the in the in the public sector. When you start, I started as a chief of of department, and the salary difference between the chief of department and and deputy director, that is the next post, it was like uh, one third. And the difference between the deputy director and director by then was, was one third. And the difference between director and director and deputy director general 
that I, 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 I crossed this, all these all this posts, it was significant. So when you enter in the, as, the, as, the, as the first job in the, in, the, in the Mexican government, the salary is quite, uh, it's quite so low. Was it like the understanding that you had to like pay your dues and like go up the, the, the ladder? That's right. And also, as by then, there was no uh, this, the, the, the civil career established in Mexico. Nowadays, you have to compete for your own, own, own post. Mm -hmm. You want a, a, a superior post, you have to compete among other 100 people. Both <coughs> like inside the, the government and outside. Exactly. Uh, but, and, and then when I started, if you want to, to grow up in the, in, in the government, you need to wait uh, almost eternity to, to, to grow up. So it was a lot of patience to, to, to start in the, in, the, in the government. But it was very, very nice for me. It was very, also a, a good experience to, to start in the government. It's, it has been a very good experience that I've been here for 26 years. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> And it's also, I guess, that like you, maybe the salary was not as attractive as you would want. But on the other hand, like you were dealing with topics that you would only be able to deal if you were working for a government. Like the accession to the OECD, like it, it would be very difficult to deal with it like from outside. And also a lot of satisfactions yeah. no, that, you could, that you have in the private sector. Of course, you cannot pay the bills with satisfactions, but personally, <laughs> <laughs> by then <clears throat> I was not married, so you can, you can uh, manage. manage with that satisfaction salary. <laughs> <clears throat> but also the satisfaction that say, well, I am speaking on behalf of my country. Yeah. And I want literally to defend the interests of your country in, in many areas. So that is, that is, a, that is, a, that is a, a satisfaction that you have. And as you said, without that uh, passion to, to, to the police sector, to, to police service, will not, uh, will not be able for anybody. Yeah. So you've been dealing with the WTO from the beginning, first uh, working from capital. Mm -hmm. And now here in, in Geneva, <coughs> what is the, is there a difference between working in capital and working here? Yeah, it's a lot of difference, at least, at least for Mexico. Well, before I came here, I was the, uh, Deputy Director General for WTO issues, multilateral affairs. I also deal not only with WTO issues, but also bilateral issues, okay. such as Israel, for example. I was part of the team that negotiated that. The, the FTA, with, FTA with Israel. In fact, I, I coordinate the negotiation of the of the latest chapter of the FTA with Israel. I mean, the 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 Mismis chapter. Okay. And uh, I also was part of the team that uh, deal with the bilateral trade relationship with India, with uh, China, um, and uh, with these two countries. We organize a lot of uh, high-level meetings, uh, the, the ministerial meetings with these two countries in order to promote the bilateral trade. So I was in charge of the multilateral arena, but also in the, in the bilateral, in the bilateral, bilateral side. And uh, to respond to your question, there is a lot of difference because here, when you are capital, you say what to, what to say here yeah. in Dulotio. And when you are here in Geneva, you need to 
your hardest negotiation is not with your counterparts in it's Geneva. With your own colleagues. It's with your own colleagues. <laughs> so when they say, you need to say that. Oh, okay, let me say, let me explain you what is the situation here. Yeah. No? And uh, this negotiation with your own con or, or colleagues in, in, in capital is the most complicated negotiation. No? Yes, actually, it's really interesting that you bring this up. I don't think I've actually addressed this issue before in, in the podcast, but it is true, like uh, the negotiation, because you have to tell them how the situation is here on the ground. Uh, that sometimes, even if you read the, the specialized press, that doesn't translate completely. So you, are, you know what's happening here every day, you see your, your counterparts, and this is what you transmit, which is like why like this kind of work will never be fully replicated through Zoom or through any, any virtual, virtual platform. Means, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and also that, that, that what you say is, is totally correct. The most important work is not in the plenary meetings. Yeah, actually, it's around I think that not so important even. Mm. Well, it's important, I don't want to <laughs> say it's not. But it's like a lot of what I happens there. I important. <laughs> but a lot of what happened there is prescripted. So you yeah. already know, and it's not gonna, <clears throat> there's not going to be any negotiation, any change there. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the, the, as, I, as I said, the 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 things that really happen is is around the, 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 the yeah. these these multilateral meetings, no? You know, the the personal contact, the the personal meetings, when you really can say what what you really think. Yeah. Because in the plenaries, you know, you could never say. I wish we could. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, if we could, maybe we. <clears throat> Well, maybe we wouldn't advance any further, maybe, most likely. Yeah, and that's, that's something that at some, at, some point, at some point must change in the WTO. There is a lot of diplomacy that you cannot find in the bilateral relationship. Yeah. In the bilateral relationship, you say, well, we are going to negotiate. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's do it. If you are not ready, okay, postponed. In the WTO, okay, thank you for your answer, thank you for your proposal, I want to transmit to my capital. There are a lot of cliches that you know. Yes, actually, when I first started working with that, I, I wonder what was the use of that. I was thinking, like, can't we just like eliminate that and just go to the, to what, the substance? Or in the TPRs. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the TPRs, in the Tripolicy Reviews. The but but I, I don't think we can. Like, I think we could no. minimize it a bit. Uh, but I mean, the niceties that is diplomacy after all. It's diplomacy, but we need to make a difference between the plenary meetings when you need to be diplomat, in the, and the small meetings and the small group meetings, and the bilateral meetings when you can say, okay, are you ready or you are not ready to to the negotiation, or what do you need for the negotiations? No. But the people even in the in this in these small groups is too polite. Yeah, for my sense. But also, we were talking about like the difference between bilateral and multilateral. I I think also at the beginning of the WTO, the the negotiation was happening between just a few parties. Yeah. So it was like just it was probably closer to a bilateral <laughs> than to a multilateral. Now, with the world like being so multipolar and so many parties, it's more difficult because everyone. 
not all, but most uh, countries like have a voice and they enforce their voice <coughs> and they make their voice heard. So uh, it's not, you're not talking about like three, five, six countries. You're talking about like 50, 20, I don't know, like m much more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that complicates the... Uh, and also the difference between the countries, because maybe 30, 40 years ago, the people who was negotiating was some kind of the same structure in the industry or the same interests in the in, in, in negotiations. Now with 164 members with different um, different economies, different interests, it will be most difficult to negotiate. The, the, the point is that there's a big difference between to be ready to negotiate and to doesn't want to negotiate and and some countries are in the second in the second the second the second side so how do we solve that <laughs> that that is a that is a one million question <laughs> and uh because I, i think that for example right now we have a date for the ministerial conference usually the date of having a ministerial conference is useful because we have a goal we have a target date and we We aim to that. But then if we don't have anything to deliver, at the moment we have a couple of things. We have the fisheries negotiation, which uh, is not moving as fast as as we would want. But with the target date, like I think that's like a double-edged sword. We have like a deadline, but I don't know if it's injecting the pressure that we need to, or, or is it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess... It's a good, it's a good, a good, a good thing that we have a a a a a, a date for the next ministerial conference, because as you said, we have a target to that. The problem is that when you link any results for the ministerial conference, we we need to stop linking that because otherwise we are going to have outcomes every two years. Yeah. And uh, for example, for the official negotiations. We need to respond. We, we have to have an agreement since a long time, and a link it to the ministerial conference. Link it to the political side. For from my personal perspective, we need to avoid that, and we need to find a solution on the fisheries early before the the next ministerial conference, such as for the the appellate body, and um, for the, for other topics such as e-commerce or investment facilitation or domestic regulations. Would be a good opportunity for the ministers to say, "Look, this is an outcome," but we need to re remember that this is a plurilateral outcomes. And uh, coming back to, to your question, how to solve this difficult equation, is that we need to be aware, or we need to recognize as members that we need to find alternatives for the negotiations. Maybe, as I told you, there are countries that are not ready to negotiate and are truly not, not, are not ready to negotiate, for example, any topic that you want, maybe tariffs, no? And uh, <clears throat> because their industry are, are too infant, because they want, they want to protect to, to other countries, whatever you want, and they're truly not ready to negotiate. But maybe there are country, other countries that they want to, 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 to further negotiations on, on tariffs, to say something. Why not these other countries can go in that, in, that, in that way? And when these other countries, when they are ready, incorporate in these negotiations, we have done in the past and, 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 and has worked. 
But at the same time, we need to make a difference between the negotiations on tariffs, plurilateral tariffs, negotiations and plurilateral negotiations on rules. On the plurilateral negotiations on tariffs, we were going to start in an important difference as base. For example, the developing countries' average bond tariff in industrial goods is 35%. Yeah. And for developed countries, it's around 3%. So how can we trade between these two groups in tariffs when the difference is too big? So that, that makes it a, a little difficult to, to start negotiations on tariffs. On the second track on rules, when you start bilateral uh, negotiations, for example, in e-commerce, almost all of, all of these new, all of these rules are, are new. So everybody starts more or less on the, on, on the multilateral arena on the same base. So everybody can build from this point at the difference of tariffs. So it's a big difference between these two, two tracks. And the people need to recognize that difference. Otherwise, if we, if we want to, to deal in the same way the tariffs bilateral negotiations and the rules bilateral negotiations will be very difficult because by nature it's quite different. Yes, actually this approach of like having more like-minded countries, I think it would be like also bring it back to the when the WTO started, like just where, where a few countries were like the ones who were negotiating and were making the decisions. And I, I actually, I myself, I do think that this is a, an approach that makes sense. But recently you've seen that uh, there are some issues from some countries regarding this approach. Mm -hmm. Do you see like a, a legal problem with it? Yeah, that would be a legal problem because currently to the rule, the current rule book, you need to to the consensus for addition a new agreement to the WTO rule book, even the bilateral arena. And uh, that is why I say that if some countries want to go further in the in, in the in the current rule book, why cannot do that? But at this moment, they need the, the WTO approval to do that, and that this is something that we need to deal. Otherwise, um, we can negotiate anything. We can negotiate. We can negotiate everything. I mean, and uh, the question will be how to incorporate in the WTO rulebook. But we would first even need to agree on that on whatever we negotiate, which it's also like a big. A big accomplishment in itself. Exactly. Exactly. So, what what uh, what has been like one of the main difference that you've seen because you've been here also like working not only with the WTO from the beginning but here in Geneva uh, for many years. Is there any difference that you've seen like when you started and and now? Yes, there are there are many difference. I mean, I'm not talking only on on the key players in the in the in the multilateral arena. I mean, there are new key players. As and I'm not talking only about China, no? but also India, also other 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 developing countries. But here in Geneva, a big difference between some years and, and now. Is how the private sector was 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 in, in the negotiations. I remember before I came here, I was part of also 
of the team that uh, was, uh, participated in the NAMA negotiations. And I used to be here in Geneva three or four times per year. And by then, many countries, including our, our Mexico, was accompanied by some, some, some colleagues from the private sector. Yeah. Because they were interested in the negotiations. So I remember that people involved in the, in the chemic, chemical industry be, be with us. I remember many, many the, the U.S. delegation with many, many representatives from the private sector. And now, without uh, in any NAMA negotiations or without any negotiation that uh, affect directly or, 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 or can 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 include the interest of the industry, it's quite difficult. I mean, before the pandemic, the pandemic situation, there was many also industrial sector from the e-commerce area. Now you can see people from Amazon, from Google, from other other other, other uh, uh, big companies. But the difference, even with that, is that these guys represent the big industry. And yeah. you cannot see the small countries, or medium-sized countries, industry coming to Geneva to see what happened here. Yeah, so, so the, the interests <coughs> that they represent are completely different. It's completely different. And uh, nowadays, <coughs> there is no even. I mean, the pandemic is a, is a is a big problem. But if we have not the pandemic at, at this moment. I don't see how the private sector will be involved in the in the current negotiations beyond e-commerce. No? Um, actually, yeah, when I was working in the negotiation of ITA2 and also EGA, uh, when it was supposed to come to an agreement, I remember we actually met with, with the industry. The industry came to Geneva and we met with them. And of course, they were, they were really interested in the, in the negotiation itself, but they were also like promoting their interests. Do you think that the lack of participation also has to do with the lack of results? It's, uh, yes, it has. Um, because it has maybe they say like uh, there's, it's not really gonna go anywhere. So why do we invest uh, resources on this? And also the topics to, to, that are discussing the topic right itself. Now, no, I mean there is no topic that affects. Or, 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 or the industry wants to push more here in WTO at this moment. But also it's true that the, the, the private sectors has not much, too much interest in, on WTO, on what is happening in WTO. And um, this is because not only the lack of the results, but it's also other areas around the WTO. For example, the crisis on the appellate body the previous crisis that we had in the in, in the selection process of the DG, the lack of the results properly itself, and other issues that the WTO has not been able to attract the the private sectors, such as yes, you have the public forum, yes, you have these dialogues with the private sectors, but the the, the real interest from the respective constituencies to see what happened here at WTO has been decreased. No? Yeah, so it's also um, something that I, I mean, I remember when the ministerial in Seattle, there were even like riots. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm not saying that the riots are good, they're definitely not, but they showed interest, mm -hmm. not only of the industry, <coughs> but even of the 
regular persons who were thinking this this is not good or they had an interest. Now that doesn't even happen anymore. That's right. That's right. And the Lotto need to do something to, in order to attract the interest not only from the private sectors, but their own constituencies in each of and every country. Yeah, that's also something that I'm curious to hear your thoughts in because yes, the work here in the WTO, maybe there's no interest, but what happens in each country? Like that would be like a joint effort from the governments of each country and the industry in each country, like a dialogue between them to share their interests because you cannot come and represent interests from <laughs> your own country without knowing how it will affect your, your industry. And yeah. they are the only ones who can tell you. Yeah, that's right. And, and every country is responsible to, to transmit the benefits of, the, the, of their membership in the WTO. <clears throat> if the government are not able to do that, we are in problems because we need to be able to, to say to our private sector, look, these are the rules and this is the way that I can protect you or this is the way that your interests can be represented in the WTO. And one way to do it is in the regular work. I mean, you have the TPT committees that are working very well, you have the, the SPS committees and you have the market access, the Council of Goods, you have a lot, you have many, many, many fronts in order to represent their interests here in WTO, even without any uh, unfunctional un appellate body, you have the, the dispute settlement body. So in that sense, there is a lot of benefits for the private sector to say, look, there is the WTO, that is, uh, that's right, is not the WTO as we want, but there is the WTO that can help you in order to defend your interest against other, other, other countries, no? But uh, the main, because I've talked to to friends who work in the industry and I, I tell them this, what you're telling me. But sometimes, like, the response that I get is, yes, I mean, that's interesting and that's it, but I'm dealing with so many other issues right now, I cannot, like, think strategically long-term because I have so many pressing issues at the moment. Mm -hmm. How do you convince them that this is worthwhile? That, that, is, that is many, many issues that you can say. For example, one industry that is affecting for an, an standard that this is applied not according to the rules. That standard is not going to affect only to your industry. If you come to the WTO, you can also be supported by other countries against this country in order to force to modify this this this, this rule. So there is there is a benefits to to say look, uh, and also you can also, you can also hear what is happening around your industry in other countries compliance, or other countries. Uh, um, uh, um, points raised in the, in, in, the, in the respective committees that can affect your, your own, own work. So as much as you, you can follow the WTO work in these committees, you will be, you will be um, informed on, on what is happening with, 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 your, with your principal uh, market interest. So, but that, then that would require someone in <coughs> each company uh, or perhaps like in the chamber where they work together, like to keep informed about all these, these changes and explain to them like how this affects. Them. Yeah, and, 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 and one important topic that has been established in many countries is the National Committees on Trade Facilitation, for example. But not only on the, on the issue of trade facilitation, but um, let's say in Mexico, you have a, a commission that deal, deals with this uh, kind of, of trade barriers around the world. 
And that is the, 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 the mechanism that you need to, 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 to implement in order to, to, to see with the private sector what are the barriers that they are facing in the principal markets and what other countries see these barriers in, this, in these markets. And uh, you need to, to be innovative in order to establish mechanisms, dialogues with the private sector in order to transmit the benefits of the LOTO. Otherwise, becomes a dead, uh, a dead, a dead, uh, a dead agreement. Yes, which is a, uh, an issue that uh, I think we're facing like every day. Like, uh, also every day and also when the people start to compare the WTO uh, uh, velocity with the bilateral, the regional agreements, it does, does, it is not fair to say that, no? Because, I mean, as I told you, when you sit with your counterpart in the bilateral agreements, there are two and two with the common interest to negotiate yeah. or not. Or the regional, you have 11 as the TPP, CTPPP, or you have a four with the Alianza de Pacifico. I mean, there is a, a small group when the interests are common to have a negotiation or not common that. When you are here in WTO, you need to deal with 164 different positions. And it's not valid to compare the two, the two tracks, no? Yeah, no, certainly. Like I mean, negotiating with a counterpart, only one. Even me, when I negotiate at home or having for dinner, it's so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and we're supposed to have the same interest. That doesn't mean that you want 164 wives, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if someone wants a pizza, someone wants chicken, someone was like... Of course. It's so complicated. No, I am Vicky. No, no, I don't eat that. No, no, no. I'm regime. regime. So, like, to put that into context, it, it is complicated to deal with so many points of view and interests. That's right, that's right. And it's complicated, but also at the same time it's, it's challenging because the people need to, to be innovative, need to be strategical, thinking on, what, on how to, to solve these, these, these topics. Otherwise, you will never negotiate at the LOTIO. For example, talking about uh, fisheries negotiation, um, you said that we've been negotiating for many years. We were supposed to reach an agreement many times before, we didn't. And the problem with the discussions is that, and this was mentioned by the chair, that they become circular. You hear the same issues over and over, and it's not really a negotiation, it's more of an expression of the same concerns that you've had. How do you break that circle? Well, one, again, it's important to differentiate between the plenary meetings when it's more political issue, when the people comes to read uh, and read the, the, the statements and the same statements as 10 years ago, and also in the small groups when the people can definitely negotiate among, the, among, them, among them. One way to, to break this, this cycle is yes, you need to keep this multilateral or this plenary format in order to provide Transparency, Transparency, inclusiveness, whatever the adjective you want to the negotiations. But when when you have a problem with a specific topic, you need to to convene for the three, no more than three or four demanders of the topic, and three and or no more than four opposite to the topic. And you have two also to convene three or no more four other middle grounders 
In that sense, you have no more than 12 people negotiating on that. Otherwise, this will be a nightmare because as, as, has, as has happened in, in, the, in the plenaries, when the people start to, uh, and, uh, start to, 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 to read uh, all statements and all positions and we are going to advance. One way is to, to be innovative on, the, on, that, on the topics. I mean... But, I, but that has been happening, no? Like even, not only now, like it has been happening even before. It has been happening, but I'm not sure how much has happened in the technical level, you know? But we need to respect also the, the different levels in, in the negotiations. You need to start with the technical level. Once the technical level in this format has been exhausted, exhausted you need to go to the next level. But you, not, you cannot convene to ministers to discuss what technical level issues. Hmm. Even with due respect for my bosses, it's quite difficult to convene to, to head of, the, of, 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 of delegations to discuss some technical issues. I mean, I mean, we have we have been seen uh, we have seen in the in, in the previous small groups in the in the fisheries when the, the ambassadors mostly them read what, what what they want to 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 say in the in the negotiations and um, also because the format the virtual the virtual mode does not provide with the confidence or with the trust to really say what you want to say in in in, in short face to face, yeah. that's right so there is a lot of difficulties right now because of the pandemic but also we need to start these um, discussions among the the key interest i mean from my point of view if there is no value added that you convene for a meeting a small group to Switzerland in the official negotiations, with due respect to Switzerland, because they don't have sea. <laughs> I mean, or or any other country that doesn't have sea. If you are talking about fisheries negotiations in high seas mm -hmm. or in sea, you know, applied to sea. So that is why you need to combine these two figures of of uh, of, of of members, the demanders, the positives, and the middle grounders. And in very small group, in face to face, and uh, nowadays you can convene almost fifty people in your, at your home. Yeah, I mean it's it's complicated situation because it doesn't allow for that. But on the other hand, before the pandemic, that was still possible, and it was happening to it was happening to a certain extent. It was happening to a certain extent, but I'm not sure what, how much, this. Approach this approach was you said in a in a in a very frank way to say, look, we need to, to negotiate on these topics, and well, this is this is the the it's too easy to say, no? <laughs> of course, we are, we can all we are all armchair experts, and we can exactly talk. <laughs> exactly, no? Maybe we need to 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 take into account other 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 topics that we are not taking at this moment. But what I, what I'm trying to say is that we need to be innovative in what we're going to, to face. But the that, well, like uh, being innovative in general, I think it's good. But we're dealing with a uh, with negotiation with diplomacy, 
that it's not really welcoming of innovations. We we are stuck in our old ways and Damn. we have to respect that. How do you how do we crack that uh, so that there's even even like the meetings online. Like I I thought it was like a breakthrough that we even managed to have them. Because even at the uh, you probably remember like how opposed many delegations were even to having like a now it seems like what we do every day. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning like Many delegations were opposed to it. And yeah. there are still some opposition. Sometimes say that technical limitations do not allow them to to take part in these meetings like they should, but at least they're happening. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. Uh, what, what the people need to be aware of is that we need to to advance together if you want, you want to have an agreement. I mean, the credibility of the LUTIO is at risk. I mean, he, he has But been we've been saying that for... Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's a, trillion, it's, it's a very very used word. But it's true. And uh, well, We're uh, also talking about like the interest of the industry. They're exactly. not here because they, they don't see any... Uh, and also the industry, and also the academics, and also the NGOs. What is the interest in the WTO as a public good? And... Uh, I mean, from my personal point of view, the most important result of MC12 is a clear and strong message to the public that the WTO is alive and is working. And to do that, you need to have outcomes. You need to present outcomes. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's not valid to say, yes, we, WTO is important. WTO is a public good. If you don't have outcomes to that, to, 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 pro- to, to prove that, the people will not be will not interest in WTO. Yes, but uh, we have also to be not too overly ambitious with our outcomes, or we're gonna fail from the beginning. That's right, and also we need to avoid this Christmas tree approach at the MC12, and. Uh, we need to be very, very focused on what we want to 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 to, to obtain in the MC12, and uh, and uh, the the time is very limited yeah. to, to to December. From now, not taking into account the the, the summer break, not taking into account the January another 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 pauses, we have less than less than seven months. Yeah, which is. Which time flies. Time, yeah. time, cl- time flies, and before the summer break, we have only four months, and after the after the summer break, we have only three months. If if, if I mean that can be less than can be translated in less than two months and a half. Yeah. So the time is, is quite limited, and you have to 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 press for outcomes in the joint in statement initiatives in the official negotiations, but also it's quite important to say something on the long-standing issues. I mean, we need to say something on agriculture. agriculture. We need to say something on, on property rights. We need to say something on environment. And we need to say something on the, on, on also on the, on the future of WTO. What other topics can be included in WTO? In yeah, there's to also something, something very important because the WTO so far we've negotiated with issues that have always been there but the world is completely different now like there are issues that no one even thought we would be dealing with 
and actually the pandemic i think that even like it kick-started even like faster these issues and they're part of our daily lives yeah and we haven't tackled them I, i'm not saying that we need to have a an an, an agenda for for each topics i will be very happy if we have an agreement on saying we need to be open open to discuss other or other topics this very small sentence can means a lot yeah. but also without this sentence means a lot for the WTO that means that WTO is not ready to discuss other topics and what happened with other other topics that are knocking the door for long 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 time and uh, we need to have a WTO that um, that respond properly to the current trade flows we need to provide with the, the, with the with the appropriate tools to deal with that I mean Many people say that the WTO is losing the relevance in the, in the international concert, the national context. That's right. But what we, are, what the members are doing in order to provide with the proper tools in order to maintain their, its relevance. As a public good, the WTO is just the, all the membership of the WTO is responsible to maintain the relevance of the WTO. Otherwise, it will be really difficult for the WTO itself. Well, I, I don't know if you sound like optimistic or pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to be realistic on that. Realistic, okay. I want to be realistic on that. And also, at the same time, just you said, the, w, the WTO or, or, or the circumstances has changed in the last 25 years. Like even in the last five years. Even in the last five years. But there are some key issues that we need to discuss more deeply accordingly to these changes in the international trade. For example, the special differential treatment. For many countries, such as Mexico, the way that we see are being on, on, on the special and differential treatment has changed. When we started, the, when we negotiate our accession to the GATT, and we asked for special differential treatment, it was because we felt the invasion of, of, of developed products or developed country products to, to, the, to our national markets. I mean, we want to use the special differential treatment against these this, 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 this products. Now, with many FTAs and with FTAs with all and every developed country, the way we, we, that we see this special differential treatment is not against the US, is not against the Japan, Japan, is not against the European Union. It's against or could be seen against other developing countries. So the special differential treatment has also moved and that we need to deal with that perspective. Of course, there are other countries that they continue seeing this special differential treatment as we saw 25, 25 years ago. And how can you handle with the same topic with two different views? That is the question. And, uh, but, but the approach to SND, special and efficient treatment, was mainly binary. And like you said, it has many shades of gray. Yeah. And it has like a lot of complications, many different interests. Many different interests, but maybe with this approach, 
you, you, Mexico had not to negotiate the special treatment with the U.S. because we are not. We, I mean, I mean, how can we negotiate with the U.S. special in the French treatment if we have an FTA and we have in zero tariffs since ten years ago, fifteen years ago? So when when you say that win this binary discussion, I, I could say that this is not binary, it's multipolar negotiation. Yeah. Because it's not the same situation as 25 years ago, as I said, because we need to see the implications if we open our markets to third countries beyond the developed countries. And how these other countries, when which we, we have not an FTA or preferential access to this market has been incorporated in multilateral negotiations through special and preferential treatment. So it's, a, it's, an, it's another, 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 uh, another variable to this complicated equation. Actually, that, uh, that like case study of special and differential treatment, I think it's pretty, it tells us a lot about what's going on, what was going on at the WTO before and what's going on now and the complicated uh, process that we would have to go through if we want to reach an agreement. Yeah, and also the special infrastructure has to be seen as a tool for development, not as a tool for perpetuate your current development. What happened in the past is that you, for example, in tariffs, that this is more, more clarity to explain. When you negotiate tariffs, when you when you negotiate the, when you when you conclude the Doha round, you said developed countries will reduce in 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 forty percent and the developing countries in thirty five percent. There is special treatment, and also there is less than full reciprocity. Yes, but should be for a very short period of time, and after this time, everybody will will end in the same point. Otherwise you have this less uh, or this this situation when you have on one hand countries with 35% of tariffs and countries with 3% of tariffs so also the special deficient treatment should be seen as a tool for increase your development in order to provide with time to adjust your industry and what really happened is that many countries have perpetuated the current status for a long time. Yeah. Because you don't have the incentives to reduce, or, I mean, you will not have the incentives to reduce your tariffs, otherwise, or, or unless you have an FTA. But the, 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 the domestic industry will have the incentives to ask for the highest tariff as possible. Well, and this also goes to bilateral negotiations, like many countries who already have like low tariffs, they cannot provide an incentive for FTAs, like uh, bilateral negotiations, because they already have like low tariffs. So they have to address other issues, which other countries don't really want to address. That's right. Yeah. So it's a complicated uh, web. <laughs> it's a complicated web, and it's a complicated, it's, it's how to square the circle, no? Yeah. But it's, it's, also, it's also this kind of situation what is, that is why the trade, international trade is 
too passionate, yeah, too attractive intellectually, you know. No, and it also because it tells us a lot about like technical issues, but also about human nature. Exactly, human yeah. nature, and also when we talk about the trade negotiations, because many countries are speaking on behalf of the industry that maybe the industry is not prepared, yeah, or maybe they have some other kind of political interest, more electoral purposes, no? So it's, it's, it's complicated also. Well, to th thank you, Ismael. I just want to, you said you had like a realistic approach. Like, are you optimistic that we'll have like an outcome by MC12 on, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yes, I me, I also believe that, I, I think that I've noticed the change in in attitude and like people seem to be a bit optimistic which is something that I hadn't seen in, in quite some time. That's right and also we need to take advantage of that. Yeah. We need to take advantage of the, the new DG impetus and also the new US administration impetus can provide to these negotiations. Yes. Well, that's been really great talking to you. Thank no, you. My pleasure. Thank my you. Pleasure, Adolfo. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this conversation, please let us know by liking, subscribing and or reviewing. A small act that really helps us. Or you can just spread the word. The Rodolfo Rivas Project is available on all major platforms and you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn.